Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show, episode 339. Today, I want to talk to you about how social media has changed in 2023. And so my the purpose of me creating this episode is I want to teach you and, and really kind of help you understand things that you need to do different with your content if you really want to stand out and win on social media in 2023. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't think there are any of us that that don't realize that things have changed on social media. And most of you are probably starting to see that things that you've done in the past content that you've created in the past, the way you've sold in the past that ha- that has worked for you and produced results, it's not really working today. Most of the people that I talk to in this profession tell me that their results are down or at the at best they're just kind of flatlining. And I think a big reason for this is so many people don't fully understand yet what they need to do to adapt and evolve the primary way that they sell and promote their business, which is on social media, they don't understand what they need to do different. So today I'm going to actually teach you three specific types of content that you need to create. And I'm actually going to give you a recommendation on what percentage of your content should be focused on these three different things. And I think if you can go into your content with more clarity and a better plan, and you don't look and sound like everybody else out there, that this is the way that you're going to stand out. So let me get into the three types of content. So the three types of content that you need to be creating are number one, product, number two, problem, and number three, connection. Now let's start off, let's break each of these down, starting with product. I would recommend that you spend somewhere around 15% of your time. I know that sounds like kind of an arbitrary number. Let's just say between 10 and 20. sounds weird to say 15%, but 10 to 20%, no more than 20% of your time creating product content. Now, what is that? Well, it's content where you're telling people about your products, your business, what you do. And it's not just product content because your business is also a product that you sell. So think about all the things that you do around your business, right? We talk about the money we make. We talk about building a business. We talk about the lifestyle, right? Like just anything that you're sharing in a promotional way around your business, how great it is, all of that stuff is product content. Now, Here's the problem with product content. The world that we live in today, it is the lowest level of value. Now, six years ago, when I first started as your virtual upline, this is all people did, and it actually worked because there weren't anywhere near the amount of people selling on social media that we have today. And what's happened is people have slowly started to develop a resistance. And when we see the typical product content Here's the deal. My stuff is the best. Here's why it triggers sales resistance. Because, and I get it, you think your stuff is the best, but you look and sound like everyone else. And when you trigger sales resistance, you also start to lose trust and people start to look at you negatively, even if it's not a conscious thing. Look, I'm going to give you, I'm going to prove this to you. Have you ever had someone that you've tried to prospect for your business that has mentioned the fact? 
that they don't think they could or that they would want to actually do what you do on social media, where they reference social media as the objection around the business. You want to know why? Because they saw you doing something that did not feel aligned with the way that they would want to treat their social media, sales resistance. And there's a very unique form of sales resistance that is in, that is specific to our profession. And I see it all the time. Just yesterday, I saw as I was, I was prepping for this episode and I just happened to hop on social media, I saw two examples of what I was getting ready to talk to you about. Number one was a Number one was somebody who screenshotted a an article about how Microsoft was laying off employees, and over top of it, they put, now's the time to join my team, call me. Sharing pieces of content where you're, you know, like you think you're creating value, like this is happening in the world, or, you know, look at this amazing thing that I did, or look at this amazing, and I see this, look, and, and I don't want to step on toes because I know that you're good intention, but I want to create an awareness that this isn't good enough anymore. I see people do this all the time. I'll do a training for someone and they'll screenshot my training and I'll be, and they'll send it and say, yeah, this is why our team is so great. Join our team. That is the lowest form of content. And it's just not good enough anymore today. And, and I know that it's not an intentional thing because you just have a very limited view of sales and marketing because you've only been taught to sell and market one way. I'm trying to help you be better. So we have to learn how to move past this. Now, some of you might be thinking this. Some of you are definitely better than most. And so I'll give you an example that I see a lot. We have a lot of clients in our programs sell makeup. And so most of their content are these makeup tutorials, which can be incredibly engaging. Like, you know, I was talking to one of our clients and she was like, my girl sells like $50,000 a month in makeup just through videos. And I'm like, oh my God, like that, that's crazy. But, But here's the thing. How is that impacting her building a team? See, because this is what I want you to realize is you're creating a piece of content, a makeup tutorial that's educational. But if every single time you do it, it's, there's always a, a pitch attached to it. There's always an ask. There's always a sale. You will lose trust with people. And here's what, you know, I'm not saying that the content still isn't valuable, but if you make a pitch, it automatically becomes less valuable in the eyes of other people. Look, this is a, this is a big reason why. We have, I've made internally, we've made a really big decision in terms of the way we want to show up in the world for our community. We are going to do very little selling publicly in 2023. You know, in the past, we would do these big challenges, four day challenge, and, and there would always be a pitch at the end. And listen, it's not to mean that it doesn't mean that the challenge itself wasn't great because I'm proud of everything we always do. But as consumers and especially people in this space we've you know we've all been on the webinars and the challenges and all this stuff we know the pitch is coming and it's gotten to the point where people don't even register for stuff anymore cuz they just know that they're going to be sold to and there's far too many people doing it where the whole thing is just a scripted sales pitch and there's no real value well we're going to go completely across the grain and i recommend you do the same we're going to do four day challenges we're not going to sell nothing not sell a single thing Right? I'm going live on Instagram every single morning, Monday through Friday. I haven't done that in six years. I am going to sell nothing, not once. I promise you, I will not sell to you on this podcast once this year. Now, I might promote something that we're doing, a free resource, a free training that will give you more, but there's not going to be a sales pitch attached to it. Now, you might be thinking, well, Bob, how are you going to sell? How am I going to sell? Well, I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. Okay, I'm going to change the way that you look at selling and the way that you approach selling. 
But here's the lesson I want you to learn. This is one of the most important things that I can share with you. And in 2023, I am 100% certain that this will be the case. The people that can delay the ask the longest in their content will win the biggest. Let me say that again. The longer you can delay the ask, the longer you can wait to pitch, the bigger ask you will be able to make. See, every single interaction we have with somebody online, we are they, we have a relational bank account. And every single pitch or ask we make, we withdraw from that account. And see, the problem is, is that you're just not building enough relational capital up. You're not building up enough trust. There's not enough value. People are not paying as much attention. And even if you're getting a lot of people on your video, you don't know what you don't know. You could be getting way more because when you, when you're not pitching and when you're not selling and you're delaying the ask and you're different, the value grows exponentially. And so think about how that might actually apply to what you do. I'm not saying you can't always, you can't sell. I'm just saying, don't sell in everything you do. Start being more intentional and watch what happens. So here's where sales needs to shift. The last five years, it's been inbound. And what I mean by that is, is think of what think of what we're taught when it comes to attraction marketing or curiosity marketing. So for the last five years, it's all been inbound. You know, we create content, we do attraction marketing, people come to us, they message us and interested about our stuff. It's all been inbound. Well, that has changed. Every single study that I look at, every article on how sales strategy needs to shift in 2023, here's the biggest thing I see from inbound to outbound. You've got to be outbound. Now, what does outbound mean? Outbound means that you initiate conversations. You don't sit around and wait. See, 99% of your selling should be happening behind the scenes. It should be happening through DMs. It should be happening through Messenger. If you're creating content that stands out, that's engaging, right? I'm going to get into what that actually means in a second. I'm going to share the other two types of content. Then you don't need to have these clever calls to action. Your content is your call to action. You know, people are like, well, like, you know, everybody that likes your content, message them. Everybody that comments, message them. And you're like, I do that and nothing happens. It's because your content piece that you created, that created the engagement, didn't really create enough value. So it's forced to start a conversation. When you're creating the kind of content that I'm going to teach you in a second, conversations become effortless and the content is the call to action. So content, different types of content up front, and then a consistent strategy of proactively starting conversations. But we do need a different approach to conversations as well. And I'm going to, in the next episode, I'm going to tell how I'm going to help you with that. But let's move to the second type of content, problem. I believe that 60% of your content, the vast majority, the bulk of your content should be around solving problems, not selling products. And when we think about problem content, here's what I want you to think about. Solve problems in advance of having a conversation with somebody to demonstrate value. I'm going to share a story with you. And, and I know we've got a lot of new followers, so you may never have heard this story. So it'd be a good demonstration of this. So when I first started my journey, I started on Periscope back in 2015. I started doing lives every single day, Monday through Friday, just like I'm doing on Instagram now. It's interesting how things have come full circle. I'll talk about that in a moment. But I, I would wake up every day and I'd go live at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. And I know we still have some OG Periscope people. So big shout out to you. Thank you for your support. And what's interesting was I didn't sell because I didn't have anything to sell. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, uh, maybe I can make money online. I'm just going to go live. And I remember I, I, joined a, I joined a coaching program, a good buddy of mine, Ray Higdon. So a lot of you know, I coached with Ray early on. And so 
I remember I joined Ray's mastermind and he's like, so what are you doing? I'm like, well, you know, I'm going live on Periscope every day. He's like, really? He goes, oh, that's cool. He goes, well, what are you selling? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't have anything to sell. He's like, wait, what? I, but this is the thing is I was doing this without even realizing it. I was demonstrating value. I was solving problems, right? Now he's doing it in a way that's different than most of you think, which I'll talk about in a second. But it was funny because he's like, uh, maybe you should sell something if you want to make money. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And so I started selling things. But what was interesting was this is that started happening because I literally had people every single day that would message me and say, hey, what can I buy from you? Do you coach? Do you have a course? Tell me. I want, I, I even had some people say, look, I want to give you my money. Where do I, where do I send it? And I was like, okay, I should probably start selling something. But look, that sounds so foreign to you because you don't, you've not learned to delay the ask through your public facing content. Now, I'm not saying that you should be to that degree where you don't even mention your stuff for six months. That's, that's not what you have to do. But we got to make a bigger majority of our stuff not have a pitch, not have an ask so that we can start to build trust faster with people. And, you know, so, so along those lines, I want you to understand people have a, they have, they don't understand what it means to create real value, right? Creating funny TikToks and reels and just sharing random things that you learn and that you find interesting. That's not sales and marketing. Posting is not marketing. There is one fundamental thing missing for 99% of you when it comes to your content and this is a foundational principle to sales and marketing. You must know who you are creating the content for. You go through any course on selling and marketing, the first thing that they will tell you is get clear on who you're selling or marketing to. And the big mistake that you make is you're trying to sell and market to everyone. And I get it. It's because you're because you don't, you're not really selling anyone. So you just think, I'll just try to sell to everyone. I'll try to be everything to everyone. But that's that doesn't work. Got to know who you are trying to help. The more specific you are in this area, the more engaging your content will be, right? It's like speaking to a specific person in a meaningful way. Watch what happens. Number one, you won't be as afraid of content. Because when you know who you're creating it for and you're confident that you have something that can help that person, it will give you the courage to put yourself out there. You know, it will help you connect with people. A client of mine said, Bob, I can't connect with anybody. And I'm like, you don't know who you're connecting for. That's why. It'll help you know what to say. How many times have you struggled? Should I say this? What should I talk about? Well, you don't, you're always struggling with content because you don't know who you're creating it for. When you know who you're creating it for, it's like an antenna that goes up that everything that happens in your life, you just start noticing the things that would be really good to share. That is the first starting point. Now, along these lines, we teach people, you are your ideal prospect. Now, that's another episode for another time, but we'll just know that that is true. So along those lines, here's my advice. Start creating content start sharing stories, start sharing parts of you that you know would help the person that you used to be. You do this, not only will you attract a higher quality person to your business, you will attract way more people because you will be more emotionally connected to the message. And then as we're creating, once again, we're creating this content, it's becoming more engaging, we're outbound, we're facilitating conversations. And so in the next episode, that's what I want to teach you how to do. So in episode 340, 
I'm going to actually give you a specific example of a problem piece of content, what that would look like, and how I would take somebody that engaged with that content and exactly what I would say to them in order to get to the point where I authentically and effortlessly share what I do. So we'll kind of have a a cool little part two to the podcast the next episode. But I'm telling you, if all you did was this, spent more time around problems, less time product, your results would go up 10 out of 10 times. So let's move to the final piece of content. And this is connection. And I say you should spend about 25 to 30% of your time, 25% on connection. Now, what is connection content? Connection content is tied to your mission, your vision, and your values. Now, just to clarify, not your company's mission, vision, and values, your mission, vision, and values. Now, some of those things may intersect, but I don't want to know what your company stands for because guess what? That's product information. I want to know what you stand for. This is your purpose. This is what makes you different. Here's why this is more important today in 2023 than it ever is. The Harvard Business Review published a recent article on consumer behavior. The number one thing that they found that consumers are looking for in the companies that they buy from in 2023 is purpose. They want to know what the company stands for beyond just making a profit. The values, the vision, the mission of a company matter. And here's what they also say. They go on to say, though the companies and the people that are able to clearly communicate these things to consumers will stand out and win in 2023. See, 2023 is not an obstacle to your business. It's the greatest opportunity you've ever had. Because if you do the things that I'm teaching you here, I think this is going to be the best year you've ever had in your business. And I'm not just saying that to try to hype you up. I truly believe it. Now, here's where this gets a little cloudy for some. So if I say 25% of your content needs to be about mission, vision, and values, am I saying that I'm not saying that two out of every three of your things that you post online has to be has to be you talking just about these things. What I'm saying is connection is something we weave into everything that we do. So we might create a problem piece of content that has it's always I'm always trying to think how can I bring things back to connection. Right? So for us, it's love serve grow. And so we always talk about the values of the philosophy that we teach, the way we teach people how to build a business, what we stand for as a company, because we connect with people through these things. People hear these values and are like, yes, I share the same values. So shared values builds trust faster than anything else you could possibly do. It is the highest level of value creation. When somebody can share their mission beyond just selling a product and they talk about the impact that they want to make in the world and they're really specific and they can clearly articulate that, here's what happens. People get swept up in that. People are craving for purpose and meaning in their lives. They want to do work that matters. They want to know they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And most of you are just not, you're not communicating to this. People don't know what you stand for. And if you're not clear about what you stand for in what the content you're creating, people will decide for you. And that's usually not a very good thing. Now, it does take a certain level of vulnerability in order for you to start weaving this into your content because it requires you to bring more of you into your content, which is hard for a lot of people because you don't believe you're credible or good enough or worthy. So you struggle sharing yourself. It feels selfish, but it's not. It's necessary. It is absolutely required this year in your content. Let me share a quick story with you. 
So back in 2019, I made a decision at the beginning of 2019 that, if I'm honest, it was a very scary decision for me. And the decision that I made was that I was going to be very intentional about bringing my faith into the work that I do in my business. And what I mean by that is just speaking about it, you know, honoring that value of, of, of who God is in my life. And for me, it's beyond that. It's Jesus and the importance and the role that they play in, in the work that I do. Like my, my number one, my highest value is I just want to do work that I feel is honoring that part of my life. And so when I looked at my business, a lot of the principles that I was teaching, people could clearly kind of, you know, say, I, I think that faith's important to this guy, but I never talked about it. And so I started to run into kind of an identity crisis. In 2018, I started thinking, you know, I don't know if I want to be a network marketing trainer. Maybe I want to try to go train realtors. And I would, I did a couple of conventions for realtors. And look, great people, just not my people, right? Like this is my world. But where I was struggling is in my mind, I was doing I was just doing a different version of what everybody else is doing, right? I would see what Eric's doing. I would see what Ray's doing. And I'd say, yeah, I'm going to just do my version of that. And it, and it just felt so hollow and empty. And I was like, what am I doing? And so what I realized was, is that I wasn't honoring my values in the work that I was doing. And that what I needed to do is I needed to figure out a way to make my message be more tied to who I thought I was and, and create a unique message based of that. And so the decision I made is like, I'm going to start talking about God. I'm going to start talking about my faith. And I'd never done it before. And it's it sounds kind of funny to talk about this today, but so I, I still remember it to the day. I mean, I, I planned for probably a month before doing this and I'm like, how am I going to do it? It's going to be really awkward. It's scary. What if people don't like me? Because I was taught early on one of my early mentors, and he was good intention, but here's what he said. Bob, you never talk about religion or politics in business. You just don't do it because if you do it, you're going to alienate some people. And so that was kind of the red light story I had. But I was like, I just feel led. I called. I need to do this. So I did a video and I was like, all right, I'm going to say it in this video. And the whole time I'm doing the video, I'm like, I don't even know what I said. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. All right, I didn't do it that. All right, I'm going to I'm going to do it at this. And I'm just like if people could have heard what I I was like a I was I was a mess. And so at the end of it, I just mentioned it. And I was like, "You know what? I just thank God for for everything they and and I just threw it out there." And I was like, "I guys, stop. Got on the video and I was like, "Oh, I'm freaking out. I'm like, what's going to happen? My business is going to blow up. I'm going to go broke." And none of that happened, which was interesting. But here's what did happen two different things. I had a lot of people reach out to me and say, thank you for sharing your faith. And I didn't really share my faith. I just said, God, like it was like not a lot, but they're like, you know, we always felt like that was an important part of your life. And now we, we even really respect you even more for being willing to do that. Thank you for honoring God in the work that you do. And so what happened was because I shared this value and this piece of me, that was a vulnerable thing and a scary thing. I, deepened the relationship and the trust with the other people that were following me that felt that way. Now, most of the people didn't care. I had a lot of people say, yeah, you know, I heard you say it's not my thing. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I still love what you do. And then there was a very small segment of people that did not like it. And so I got some messages and I actually got a message. I'll, I'll never forget. Most of the people just said, hey, you know, it was kind of weird that you did that. I, I don't know why you did it. And, but I had one person that was actually a follower of mine for, since the very beginning. And we had a relationship. And she just flat out was like, Bob, I did not like that. I didn't appreciate it. 
I don't appreciate you bringing your religious beliefs into what you're doing because other people have other beliefs. And, and look, I, I was empathetic to her point of view, and, and, but she wouldn't let it up. And she said to me, she goes, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, that's a little aggressive. And so I thought about it and I'm like, I was like, I'm not going to do anything. I was like, what are you going to do about it? And that was the moment that I shifted. And here was the shift that I made. I no longer treated my authenticity and the values that were important to me for the approval of other people. And do, in doing that, I understood that I was going to push people away. And, you know, and the way I view it today is that's fine. You don't like the way that I say it. You don't like that I share my faith. You don't like I talk about God. You don't like that fact that I know that I love Jesus and that, you know, that these are important parts of my life. You don't like that, then that's okay. Then there's lots of other podcasts. There's lots of other shows. Look, I'm not going to be throwing it in your face because that's just not authentic the way that I am, but I'm also not going to honor this part of my life, if that makes sense. And I found a way to do it that feels right to me. And there are people that don't listen because of that, right? And I, that's fine. I don't care because I know the people that do follow me, that do listen to me, they need me to, to be more vocal about this because this is the connection that we have. And it's also about being a father. You know, I'm on Instagram live every Monday through Friday now, as I told you. Another plug for that. But what I decided to do last week was on Fridays, I, you know, it's, it's family Fridays. That's a cheesy name. I need to call it a better name. But it's like, here's what I do every Friday that I'm going to do. Every Friday, I'm going to just share a story of me being a dad and how I am growing and learning and things that challenges that I go through. Now, I'll be honest with you. Last week, I did it for the first time. And I had this moment where I'm like, I don't know if people are going to like this. Like, what if somebody's not a parent? And, you know, I teach a lot. Is it going to be weird for me to just share a story? I'm like, I don't. But then you know what I did? I came right back to who I do it for. And I know who I do it for. This person is a parent. Now, she's a mother. No offense to the men that listen to us, but I know she's a mother. That's just our ideal. This is who we work with mostly. And I thought about her and I said, you want to know what? She needs to hear about this part of my life because this is a connection piece for us beyond just teaching. And so I shared a story and, and I'm mentioning this because I'm actually going to start doing this on the podcast as well. I'm going to start dedicating episodes to just me sharing some stories as a dad and, and a husband and things that I'm learning. Now, I'll always make it relatable. There'll always be a lesson so that even if you don't have a, you know, a, a kids, you'll still be like, yes, that's really powerful. And But I that gave me the confidence and the courage to do it. And last week, I shared this really vulnerable story about my son, Grayson, and some, some challenges he's been having. And, and I only did it because of that. And I had so many people reach out to me that said, hey, thank you for sharing that because my son, my daughter struggled with some of the same things and you helped me look at him or her in a different way. And it was this, it was this kind of, it was a story about him singing. And, and I'm actually, I don't want to spoil it because I'm going to do an episode on it here. But I had one lady reach out to me and she says, you know, my son sings all the time too. And I'll never look at him the same way. And in a good way. She's like, thank you for giving that gift to me. And I was just like, that's validation. Like, what's that worth? What, what is that worth? Like, to me, that's worth so much more than being like, hey, we got more views on the video. This is impact. This is contribution. This is purpose. And it comes from connection. So vulnerability is not a weakness. It's a tool. Use it. 
So this is how your strategy around social media needs to change this year. Think about it. Do an audit on your social media. How much time are you spending on these different things? And just be more intentional in these areas and and see what it can do for your business. So with that being said, thank you for being here, everybody. I love and appreciate you all. Just a reminder, next episode, I'm going to dive into the conversation. So how do we take a piece of problem content and how do we actually, what are the questions we ask and what do we say? So if you need some help along those lines, make sure you tune in. Have a great day.